0: Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. And welcome to episode 137 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is hidden costs to self-publishing. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the hiding in plain sight, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I'm doing well. Is it actually
1: episode 137 or 136? Did I write down the wrong number, which would not be odd for me.
0: I'm pretty sure it's 137. Am I right?
1: You are correct, I just looked at the website. I wrote down the numbers wrong, which oh. is shocking. <laughs> Everyone take a moment to get over the shock that I fucked up the numbers. Um, How am I doing? Obviously a little frazzled, apparently, but um, I wanted to follow up with something we said uh, last week or the week before. We, You and I both gave examples of readers letting us know when we had messed up something. And so um, I got an email from an author Me know I made a mistake on iHeartLes Fake. I forgot to include a book in the new release newsletter. So I want to stress again, seriously, listeners, we want to know when we have messed up so we can correct them. Because I felt terrible when this author got a hold of me and said, you know, my book wasn't included, and I was like, oh. I am so sorry, and I've corrected it since then, but I was really appreciative that um this author, and it was a debut author, and I felt it was even worse. <laughs> it was even worse because it was a debut author and I forgot and I messed up, and I'm so sorry, so I'm making a public anal- a- a- apology. But again, it's this stresses the point that we don't know we've messed up until it's been pointed out. So please let us know when we
0: mess up so we can make so we can fix it because it wasn't intentional at all. No, TB doesn't go about killing debut author's dreams as a sport, do you? Just by accident. Well thanks for taking thanks for that knife in a little further. <laughs> Here to help.
1: <laughs> All right, so other news. Lizzie, the next Lizzie book is with the Ark Reavers. So I'm um, anxiously waiting the word to hear if it sucks or if it's somewhat decent. This one is a bit different. Uh, this one, she bears her soul more than normal And I'm curious how readers are going to take to it, especially since most people are convinced I am Lizzie. And she shares things in this book that I know readers are going to send me messages about. I I hesitated including this part of her character arc because I was like, do I really want to get all these messages from readers? But then I was like, this is her story arc. I have to bite the bullet and I have to stay true to the story. So it's probably going to lead to a lot of emails, messages, and I can't say what it is, but I can say like, you know, Lizzie isn't me and i never had any five year plans. So if you've read the Lizzie book, I've never had the five year plans. I won't say what those are, but I've never done it. Again, it's one of those things where it's hard for sometimes like with the listeners or the people who read our newsletters because they hear us share certain details that we cobble into our stories and they're like aha you are Lizzie because you did this and you included it and yes we include certain parts of our lives too because you know we're writers and that's what we do we observe and we observe the things that actually happen to us as well not just other people and put them in books but I'm not Lizzie there are some things that are similar but I didn't have five-year plans
0: okay I'm intrigued now I am (laughs) intrigued um (laughs) and uh yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the tsunami of email that you're going to get saying, are you okay? You okay, hon?
1: Yeah, it's going to be that. And I'm just going to be like, I never did this. It wasn't me. <laughs> but it was Lizzie. It was her character arc. And I did. I did go back and forth. And I was like, do I want to include this? Because and it's something I've known about her because like, we know the character's backstory. But is it something I want to share and then I realized I didn't wanna share it because I was afraid of how it'll affect me and that was as wrong as the writer. I have to stay true to the character. So I just have to deal with the emails, basically. Yeah. So it's one of those things, it's one of those millions decisions you have to make as a writer. So we'll see how it goes. I'm a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie. Lizzie is with the ARC reader, so I'm waiting to hear if this is the book that's gonna wreck my career because every time I get to this stage, I'm always like, is this the book where everyone's gonna realize I'm a total fraud? And that I should stop doing this? Or do I get do I get a reprieve until the next one? <laughs> it's an emotional ride to be an author, isn't it?
0: It is. I'm crossing my fingers for the reprieve. But, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> it would make this podcast hard. I think I was talking to another author about this recently, Sasha Black, who I think you remember um, meeting at London Book Fair a while ago. And Sasha is now... Um, quite an authority in the self-publishing space. Um, She was one of the judges for this year's Kindle Storyteller Awards, but I was chatting with her recently about the ups and downs of this career and how you never know how a book's gonna do and how you always think that this is the one that's gonna find you out. So uh, yeah, it happens across all genres, all spectrums. I know
1: it's not a singular feeling but um man it sucks when you're going through it like you can like when you're having a beer with someone at the pub you're like oh yeah but when you're actually going through it you're like oh this sucks it sucks waiting for the first news to see how a story is gonna land but and non-writing news in fun news last weekend we had absolutely lovely weather lovely after all the rain and humidity of the summer we're having a beautiful autumn so i hopped into pepper and went for a drive on back roads in massachusetts I wish I could tell you where I was, because I think you would like to do this drive, but um, I have no idea where I was. I just gave a destination, and luckily, Nigel, who is what I call my um, GPS chap, so when I moved back to the U.S., I had an iPhone, and when I bought my U.S. iPhone, I paired my U.K. iPhone with my U.S. iPhone to get all my, you know, my contacts over and all my apps and everything, so my U.S. iPhone is absolutely convinced I'm British. So everything like the weather is like I had to like change it so it wasn't in Celsius. But um, the GPS, which I really enjoy, is a British man who gives me directions, and I just find it very lovely. <laughs> and he's actually more polite. He's like, please follow like the signs <laughs> to your destination. <laughs> like he's always really polite. So um, so Nigel took me on this really lovely road, um, back roads. The colors on the trees were like exploding. I found a radio station that only played Christmas music, and I was driving through one charming New England town after the next, and it was amazing, it was fantastic, and I did think that you would enjoy this, because A, it was like all these small, quaint English towns, I mean, uh, New England towns, and Christmas music, come on,
0: what's not to love about that? I think I would have loved it, so, you know, if I was closer, I would have hopped in Pepper, with you, and been had my earlobes caressed by Nigel a bit, sounds a bit wrong doesn't it
1: yes it, it is it is funny <laughs> like when my when like a friend gets in the car and like when I have to use the GPS they're like why is he British <laughs> <laughs> but is this is one thing I brought home with me yeah I brought Nigel yeah so that, that's been my
0: week how about you not every lesbian brings a Nigel but well done well done for listening to Christmas music and, and going on a drive with Nigel um <laughs> over here so um work-wise i am still hammering out well i keep thinking i've got everything sorted and then i'm not sure but i'm making myself write and i think everything i'm writing is terrible but i'm making myself do it and we'll see where things go i am still working at my co-working space um my work time has been a bit fractured and compromised over the last two weeks because i've been having to uh, do a bit more parental parental care um and there's been a few sort of uh, family medical emergencies going on in the background so i haven't had as much time to write or do anything over the last two weeks but that's okay that's how life goes sometimes and so i'm just happy that you know i got out change of heart before the year was up (laughs) that's out there doing its thing and um i am going to really try and get a book written for at least first drafted before christmas but i uh, that's the plan but i'm but i'm not holding myself to any deadlines because life is quite um fractured at the moment so that's just how it is sometimes audiobook news big London dreams is out yay um, it came out I think within like two and a half weeks of submitting it to audible so that's really good and it is also um, wide on all the platforms so uh, yeah wherever you uh, buy or stream your audio you should be able to get a hold of that I still know progress on the change of heart audiobook. Um, I haven't really done much to, about it because of all the reasons I've already outlined so uh, but I'm thinking because normally i just get my audiobooks done outside of the acx or audible network and then just upload it to audible i don't do it via acx anymore i don't know i'm just a bit i'm just i don't want to do anything through acx i want to i want to use them as a distributor and that's it and it's worked fine for me thus far but i think i might have to go via acx this time around just to get an narrator for change of heart that can do a scottish accent so i uh, yeah it's on my list of things to do Also, I heard today that um, Spotify has bought Findaway Voices, or Findaway, which Findaway is the parent company to Findaway Voices who I go through to distribute my audiobooks wide. So I thought that was interesting, actually, um, because, you know, that's a whole other avenue that maybe Spotify is going to increase the spotlight on audiobooks, and uh, if all our audiobooks are wide ones are then on Spotify, it could really uh, be another sort of a growing revenue stream so that's interesting what's going to
1: happen to will from
0: findaway voices well apparently they have taken on all the staff from findaway because i was worried too because oh,
1: okay so will
0: yeah Will's still there yeah. fingers crossed i should email him shouldn't i because we were worried because we met will didn't we like two or three years ago at the london book fair and he's lovely and we had drinks and coffee with him and he sent us findaway voices socks and you know but we've got a hotline to will and uh I, I, I did think, I hope Will still got a job.
1: Yeah, I did not get the
0: socks, but um, I have met him,
1: and he's a lovely guy, and I don't want anyone to lose their job. So I hope Will landed at Spotify.
0: If you're listening... I hope to, he's landed on his feet. Yeah, if you're listening to Lesbians Who Write Will, let us know. Yes. 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 Of course he would be. Also today, I've been at the post office. Now, um, every time I do a, a new release, uh, I offer signed copies. Um, and signed copies are a, a tricky one, right? Because you're never quite sure what to charge uh if you're an author let me know what you charge (laughs) because it's like the the price of postage goes up all the time it seems to me i want to make the uh signed copies a decent enough sort of revenue stream for me but i don't want to make it so that readers are ripped off but then also as my wife pointed out signed copies are, are a bit more special so maybe readers would be happy to pay slightly more i don't know it's a tricky one isn't it but um what I realized, I think, this time around is that uh, all the postage has gone up, so I really ripped myself off rather than the readers. So it's probably, uh, I don't think, I don't want anybody to be ripped off, me included.
1: I haven't been doing as many signed copies here because um, our post office system is in disarray. So when I was, I usually do the signed copies for giveaways. And so I was trying to send the entire set of Lizzie books to three winners and I kept getting like messages how like only like two out of the seven arrived or like three of them were like chewed up by a machine like, and it just got really hard and it's um, not improved. So I haven't been sending as many. So it wasn't so much the cost. Well, it was the cost because I had to keep getting more copies and keep sending them.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> so there was that cost. But um yeah, it's one of those things where it's just another Factor that's out of our control because we are, we once we, you know, put it in the mail, we're, we're not in control of the pricing of the post office and we're not in control of once we hand it off what happens. And so, yeah, it's another dilemma where, especially because I think you do the signed copies quite a bit more than I do. And um, yeah, it would suck it was have to all of a sudden be like wait this is like three quid more I don't understand yeah
0: exactly and then you know you're probably making three quid so then that eats your profits um it, yeah it, it's a tricky one but I like to offer it I, I mean I get enough orders that make it worthwhile and what I do is I just um save them all up so I just went to the post office today and sent seven copies seven books at once so I don't want to be in and out the post office every day sending one so I'll just say I'm going to do a post office run this time this day and if you want a book let me know by then and then if you don't get it in by then then you have to wait for the next post office run Um, I like to do it um, with every new release and I always promote it just for Christmas because people do like a signed copy for a Christmas gift don't they so It is a bit of a a hassle, I'm not gonna lie, taking it to the post office. I think it's a nice service to offer readers. Also, as we discussed before, it's always really fucking stressful signing a book because I've messed up more than one, probably about five. So uh, they're all my author copies. They've They've all got messed up signatures on my desk.
1: Maybe you should auction off the ones that have fucked up signatures. Would they be
0: worth more? <laughs> well, no, because they've, they've they've mainly got like people's names on them, so that I've spelt wrong. Or there was one where somebody ordered a copy of Hot London Nights, and it was just when Big London Dreams came out, and I was sending out the Big London Dreams ones, so I I signed a copy of Big London Dreams to Jana, I think it was Jana, and then I realised it was the wrong book. Damn it! So if anybody out there is called Jana and would like a signed copy of Big London Dreams, I've already I've already done it. It's not misspelled or anything. i um, just getting ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for Jana to come and uh, order Big London Dreams. Surely she should, right, after she's read Hot London Nights because it's the next one in the series. Um, and in non-work-related news or slightly work-related, I did have met up in the last couple of weeks with uh, Melissa Lennart, who is a lesbian romance uh, author, and Lise Gold, another lesbian romance author, so not together, separately, I've had drinks. So, you know, as we always say, it's a solitary uh, career. This it's good to chat to other authors, it's good to connect with people who understand your job. Um, and also, they're both lovely people. So it's nice to go out uh, for drinks with lovely people as well. Also, uh, Melissa and Lise, I met them both first when I interviewed them for my other podcast, The Lesbian Book Club. So I already knew them a bit, slightly, kind of. Um, so it, you could say it's networking. It is kind of. really because they they're all in in the biz in the biz we call show but um you know it's also just going out for a drink and who knows whatever may come of it you know i might just be friends with them i might do some business with them in the future i mean we didn't discuss any of that shit but you know you never know do you 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 never
1: know i mean we started out being drinking buddies and now look at us look at us now (laughs) running running it like the top 10 podcast because will is now with spotify and he's gonna blast <laughs> lesbians to write oh my the God, yes
0: i'm going to message will will can you uh can you get in touch with daniel eck and get him to get lesbians who write on the front page of spotify please thanks thanks will and some new socks wouldn't go miss right um comments what you got comment monitor
1: well first up we had a comment on twitter from rachel mclean do you remember that name i do
0: the kindle storyteller winner yes yes
1: Yes, Rachel said it was lovely to get a mention for the Kindle Storyteller Award on the Les Who Write podcast this week. And yes, there are people listening, TV. So, Rachel, I'm glad, honored, happy, thrilled that you listened. I'm still going to block it out so I can try to be semi-normal. And I'm not really normal normally, but I need to be semi-normal while we're recording. So, But it's lovely. It was lovely of her to tweet that, and um, I got a kick out of it because now I know... Through you in the podcast, a Kindle Storyteller Award winner. So I feel special. Before I go to buy us a coffee, do you have a comment you I, need to read?
0: I do. I've got two. Um, I've got one from Alicia. She's wrote in. Um, this one was actually uh, aimed at you, TB. Uh, Lisa wrote in to say that Evelyn Hugo is definitely a lesbian uh, fiction book and you should read it.
1: Oh, because I... I... I was like, wait, I
0: thought I knew that. It's the title. The yes.
1: title throws me off. Every time I see the title, I do not see lesbian
0: fiction. No. Fairy, fairy squarey. She's got seven husbands. Why would you? But it is. Um, and Wilma wrote in to say she finds the podcast funny and informative, and she thanks us for it. And she also said that her wife is a huge Christmas fan and wanted to know if I had a Spotify Christmas playlist I would recommend. The answer is, Wilma, just the Spotify Christmas playlist, really, if you put Christmas in. <laughs> they, they, they've got like a, just a one... It's got all the classics that you need. Wham, Mariah, The Pogues, all that. So uh, it only seems like yesterday, you know, that we were talking about all this Christmas, Malark, and now it's round again.
1: I'm trying to remember, what's the really depressing Christmas song you like? The Pogues. What's the, what's the title of the song, though? No.
0: Fairytale in New York.
1: I'm going to have to listen to that in honour of you, because I remember I put it in one of my books, because I, I just... I found it hilarious that the British people love this and I'm like, it's the most depressing song, but I'm going to listen to it because it is the season now. We can officially listen to Christmas music now.
0: Mm. Tis the season to be jolly.
1: Yes. All right. All right. And um, I will try to remember that the Evelyn Hugo novel is lesbian fiction, but I get confused. <laughs> I get confused. I actually. get
0: it. I get it. Any, any other coffee news before we uh, skip onto the topic? We have a coffee
1: update, uh, buy us a buy-us-a-coffee update, and I'm not sure how to say the name. It's G-A-B-R-O-C-S, Gabrox. Rocks, Gab Rocks one mm-hmm. uh, bought us a coffee and said, thank you for all the effort you put into making this a fun and informative podcast. So thank you very much for supporting us and for the kind words. Yes. And I'm sorry about butchering the um, name. I'm really bad at that. It wouldn't be a actually i'm really good at i'm really good at butchering names actually it, i excel at it i have spelled my own girlfriend's name wrong i've i've done if it's if it's possible i fucked it up in any way shape or form any name i can do it
0: it's a superpower well done
1: maybe that's my hidden talent yeah <laughs> i didn't know my hidden talent no maybe that's my
0: hidden talent there it is I'm Fucking up people's names yes <laughs> and applying lipstick from your cleavage or something. Anyway. I don't have cleavage. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. I'm sure you could manufacture one T V. Anyway, crashing on there to the topic. It... Yeah, up. yeah. A lot of pushing up. <laughs> crashing on to the topic at hand. Any cleavage tips, do send them in for T V. Uh crashing on to the topic at hand. Hidden costs of self publishing, which is much more in- interesting than cleavages, right? Said no one ever. Firstly, we should say, Don't skimp on covers and editing. They're really, really important. I you know, this was brought back home to me with my recent uh, launch for Change of Heart. So many people have commented saying how much they love the cover and how um, it drew them in. So, and also I was thinking the same thing of your The AM Show. You know, it screams what the book is about. So the covers need to be good, as does the editing, because if they like it, they'll have a look at it. And then if they read it and they don't like it because it's shitely edited, then they ain't gonna come back. And you won't have a business to spend all this hidden money in. So, um so <laughs> I've got a bit bananas. TB, what are the hidden costs beyond covers and editing in self publishing? Well, they're all more
1: focused on finding the hidden money. <laughs>
0: just say this was actually a question asked of me on twitter by somebody so then I thought oh that would probably be a good question so anyway carry on
1: so then I started like actually like jotting it down I was like holy fuck there are a lot of hidden costs (laughs) so the first one I wrote down which is one of my bigger costs was setting up a proper office when we lived in the UK for uh three of the years that we were in the UK we lived in a one-bedroom apartment And so I was working at a a kitchen table with a shitty chair and not the right setup. And so on the return to the U.S., I insisted that our living space would provide me a writing office because not having a proper setup fucks up your shoulders and your back beyond belief. And it's not just like having your own space. It's having the right kind of desk is having the right kind of chair is having a shelf for the laptop so it's more at eye level and all the other little doohickeys you use to protect your body so i am nearing 50 and i've invested a bit in a proper setup so i can keep writing because i don't want to stop writing but if you um mess up your body (laughs) you can't do it So, and also it's not just that stuff. It's like, I now have file cabinets for all the dang tax paperwork. And it's just never ending. There's always something I need for the office. So I didn't realize that, but that's a big cost.
0: It is. And uh, did I tell you that my printer stopped working? So I might have to have a new printer. The life and times of Claire's printer. (laughs) Wait, I've had the same printer for three years now. (laughs) And you're going to be
1: on your third?
0: What, what do you do to them? I don't do anything. It was working, and now, and now it just won't print. And I've got brand new print cartridges in it, and it won't print. And I've been on the phone to technical support, and they're baffled too.
1: I think maybe it's your house. Like, did you ever watch the movie Poltergeist, where it was like the house was like you know, the evil spirits? Do you have like? an old admin that used to live in your flat and died there
0: and now hates printers or something? Maybe. I think that that is the most logical explanation and I'm not even joking. I do think that this house, you know, because we live in an old uh, Victorian, I think, terrace, probably dates back to the 1900s. I think a lot of people have lived and died in this house. Um, There's creaks and cracks and sounds every night and I'm not freaked out by it, but I do think that, you know, I do sort of think that there are spirits alive in the house. Yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm not scared by it. But yeah, maybe I do have a somebody who doesn't want me to print things. I'm
1: going with Ghost, yeah. Okay, Because good. there's no other explanation. For no,
0: there's no other <laughs> explanation. <laughs> right, shall I do one of my hidden costs then? Shall we go one-on-one? Absolutely. Okay, I've put memberships of professional bodies as number one. So, what do I mean by that? Stuff that you'll, you'll join so that you can meet people or so that you can have some um legal expertise on hand or so for instance the alliance of independent authors i would advise every single independent author to join this because it is beneficial basically it's quite like joining a union this body is a non- not for profit and it fights for the rights of um indie authors uh, and it's you know it's got the ear of the uk government um i think it's actually i don't know if it has stuff that it does in the us as well i'm assuming it does and all over the world because it is a global um, entity, and I think more of its uh, members are US based. Even though the woman that set it up is is uh, from living in Hastings, Orna Ross, lovely lady. It's only seventy five quid a year, so it's not like bank breaking. But I like to support it because it's doing the work that will help everybody, collective good. But also you get like discounts from distributors and. Editors, proofers, cover designers, you know, like it's got like a whole directory. You get free printing on IngramSpark and every book you do on IngramSpark costs $50 setup fee. So it pays for itself for me every year. Uh, and also they offer legal advice for contracts and things. So worthwhile. I'm also a member of the Society of Authors um, and the Romantic Novelists Association. Uh, so I think that they're all about the same price. So, you know, they all add up, don't they? 75 quid a year here and there.
1: Yes, and I did not list that one. So we haven't we haven't doubled up yet. No. All right, you ready for my next one? Uh-huh. Another cost that I didn't realize I would have, but I do have, is my massages. Some might think I'm pampering myself, but uh, I pay someone to torture me to have a professional massage and to work out my shoulders and my back. And um, it's 50 minutes of hell, I don't enjoy them, but it's something that, uh, in the long run, does help me immensely. And I'm also looking to add a chiropractor to this routine because I used to have one years ago, but um, he has since retired and I need to find a new one. But it's another hidden cost for um, trying to keep my body in shape so I can hunch over the laptop and continue pecking away at the keyboard.
0: And I will also have that cost, but I forgot to list it. So well done. <laughs> Yep. Good. yeah massage physio it's all part of it um so the what next one i've got is um subscription services that aid your publishing business so i have three examples here that i pay a yearly fee for uh, book funnel which is a ebook distribution uh, company that will um make get ensure that your book gets to readers and readers can download and download it and they will do the uh, customer support for them so you don't have to do it so that's a, it's a huge 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 uh, bonus having this service it wasn't around when we started and trying to help readers download an ebook onto their uh, device was a huge headache so book funnel I think it only costs like about 50 pound a year it's so worth it worth its weight in gold the other two things that I subscribe to is book brush um, and pick they're both graphics software uh, book brushes um, book publishing base, PicMonkey is just a general one, but I think those two together cost about £200 a year. I have those. I don't have PicMonkey,
1: but I have BookBrush and Book Funnel. Well, yes, they're, Scribner and Bella aren't actually yearly, are they? They're like a one-time fee, are
0: what they? are one, one-off, yeah.
1: But again, something I didn't list. Oh, I did sort of list that one. I listed, can I go to my one that's kind of similar to that? Yep. Um, I wrote all the expenses for running the websites like my uh, author website, I Heart Lesbian, and Lesbians Who Write. And the one I mentioned uh, was the, um, because of this is a podcast, we need what is called a podcast host. And that's the so we can get the podcast and all the different um, streaming services. So it gets on the Spotify. Hi, well, it gets on <laughs> the Podbean and it gets on to um, what are they called now? Apple Podcasts. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple stuff like that so we we pay like 20 bucks a month for that and that's how you guys are listening to us however whatever service you're using this is our podcast host gets it there so you can hear us so it's one of those fees where again well especially when we started i don't know if i was into podcasting yet I, like i don't know if i was following podcasts then when did podcasts really take off
0: probably they started getting popular around 24 2015
1: yeah. So yeah, that wasn't a thing. It wasn't on my radar at all because I started publishing in 2013. So yeah, but it's one of those hidden fees where like, and they take it out on, um, is it blueberry that takes it out every 25th, including Christmas? And I'm like, seriously, Christmas. christmas
0: happy christmas, christmas. you sending me the receipt happy christmas yes I, I i had that one down so obviously um i think you combine two so yeah podcasting fees we've got like we have to do our website we have to do the uh hosting and then we have to do getting it out to all the sites so all these things cost money um and also upkeeping your your own website um domain name url charge and then anything mm-hmm. and then anything you have to pay your website design company. I don't know if you do your own, but I employ Mm -hmm. a website design company. So every time I want to change something, um, I have to pay them for it. So that can be as much, you know, I had a a big redesign about two or three years ago, which cost me about a thousand pounds. And then like, you know, probably ongoing, maybe it costs like 100, 150 pound a year, but it all adds up, doesn't it? And then as you said, the publishing software. So we're talking about the subscription software which is BookBrush, PicMonkey, BookFunnel, you might use Canva. Then there's the publishing software, which is a one-off fee. So Vellum is a formatting software, again, worth its weight in gold. It's about 200 pounds. I don't know what it is in dollars. Um, You've got Scrivener, which is a one-off cost of 30 pounds, and that is incredibly cheap. And then you've got Word, um, because everyone will. you still need Word even if if you use Scrivener, which you can get as a license or a one-off fee.
1: Another hidden cost, which is something I didn't realize I would do. Cause this is also something I didn't think I would find very interesting, but I spend more than I ever thought I would on business books. I didn't know how much I would really enjoy learning about how to run a business. It's not just like writing books, but it's like literally business books of like how to work with. Um, Cause I have a, a my team kids keeps expanding. So I have like how to manage a team and just like the business stuff. And um, I buy a lot of books on it and I really enjoy reading
0: them and I always get something out of it. Interesting. I haven't got that one. So there you go. Ding, ding, ding. We're doing well, aren't we? Um, yeah. I think I go through phases with business books when I read them. Like I do go through phases. I, I, I never buy one. I always buy three or four. And then I really, yeah. really try and make myself read them. But sometimes I win, sometimes I lose.
1: Yeah. I really enjoy reading them and I don't know why. But yeah, there is a lot of stuff you have to learn when you run your own business. Because yes. there's not just the writing part. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes we do all the time. Where I'm just like, how do I do that? So I research it, and we both know I love research. so I'll research anything.
0: Yes, give TB a topic, <laughs> and she'll run off <laughs> and research it. She's great. Okay. so What's another one of yours? Uh, next one of my list is mailing list software. So uh, I use ConvertKit. Um, you can use Mailchimp and Mailchimp is free until you reach 2,000 subscribers, so I think that's still true. It doesn't have to cost you anything when you start off, but if you get over 2,000 subscribers you will have to pay. I, I don't know. Do you know how much Mailchimp is?
1: Oh gosh, I'm at a tier where it's um, kind of pricey. I use Mailchimp for my author brand for Fake, and for um, this podcast. They all come through separate mm. bills. I think I'm paying, like, my my most expensive one was my author one, which has the most subscribers. I think it's, like, $66 a month.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I had a look. I wasn't sure how much i pay on ConvertKit. I think it's about £700 a year because I pay yearly, so I'll get it cheaper. But, yeah, because I've got 5,000-plus subscribers. So um, yeah. So as you get more subscribers, it gets more expensive. However, it's really, really important not to skimp on this charge because I, uh, I think once I was like, well, I don't want to go with the 5,000, so... I'm going to get rid of some, I'm going to do a mailing list cleanse. It's <laughs> because, you know, you'll always have people on your mailing list that don't want to, for any reason, don't want to be on it anymore. So I'm going to try and get rid of them so I can so I can save money. Don't do that. Don't do that because it is a false economy and it's good if your mailing list is growing. So this is just a cost of doing business. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do yes. what I tried to do once and then I'm stupid.
1: Yes, I have also done the mailing list cleanse that I dearly regret now because I'm like how many of those did I get rid of that would have still bought books hmm. but yeah I made mistakes we all make mistakes I, we I,
0: all make mistakes I'm not even saying that the um sort of asking people sporadically if they still want to be on your email is a mistake I don't think that is a mistake but doing it for that reason is a mistake Yes, that's what I mean. Like okay. when
1: you're bumping up against the next tier where you're like, oh shit, I need to get like 500 people off the list yeah,
0: stack. Yeah, yeah. don't do How that. How do I
1: off the
0: <laughs> <laughs> Learn from our mistakes. Don't do it, everyone. I love that you've done it too. I don't feel so stupid now. I think we've all done
1: it because um, it is, especially when you're when you're um, earlier in your career because it is it, it is kind of a pricey one. Yeah. Hmm. But I think we've all done it because, like, you start buddying up against that number. You're like, well, I don't want to pay for my mailing <laughs> list. What's, the, what's that paying for? And then you're like, oh, my whole fucking career? Yeah, Shit.
0: I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, your mailing list is, is the, probably the most valuable thing that you've got. And you're like, hey, what do they say in America? You're nickel and, nickel and diming about paying an extra $10 a month. It's just like, just pay the bill. Just pay yeah. the bill. Okay, what's your next one?
1: Okay, my next one is my accountant. I pay an accountant to do my taxes. Before I started publishing, my partner decided that um, she wasn't going to file my taxes for me like she did every year. My partner is a business person. So she sat me down at the desk with her, and she wanted my help to file my own taxes. And this was such a painful process (laughs) that um, after we got through this night and several beers after the fact and several apologies for all the bickering that happened... Um, She swore that she was never gonna make me do my taxes again And this is when my taxes were really simple like when I worked in an office and I didn't have so many expenses and stuff So when I started publishing uh, we decided for the betterment of the relationship that I Would start using an accountant and I think it is uh, the best decision I've made When it comes to running my business because I don't get math. I don't get taxes those are two crucial parts of filing taxes and I don't want to go to prison. So I pay an accountant.
0: <laughs> I don't want you to go to prison either. So um, yeah, well done. I, I forgot to put that one down, but obviously yes. Um, my accountant, uh, I pay a hundred pound a month for my accountant. So again, quite pricey, but worth it. Uh, and also bank charges. That's one one I just thought of as well, because you have business bank charges, right? Not when I'm not when I check switch to my new bank bank account though, which is still on my list to do by the end of the year. Anyway, next one for me <laughs> is um, advertising and promotions. So uh, you can do as much of this as you like. Uh, I think that my main money for this is advertising. I probably do Amazon ads um, like a low level, you know, ticking over. It probably amounts to about two hundred pound a month on average and facebook i don't do that yet um who knows if i ever will um and Bookbub, so uh, promotions uh, there i i had a look and i've done at least three a year for the last five years uh, and i've got one coming up this week in fact this week on the 25th for christmas and mistletoe so uh, i do book bubs three times a year they're 200 pounds so you know that is all money
1: i don't do the facebook ads because um even though i purchased the um facebook course from mark dawson i never actually ended up watching it <laughs> and then um i stopped doing the ams ads so i haven't been doing those but uh, i just had a book last week so i still do book and there are other um advertising venues you can use with um like my fake and uh lesfic now and uh the lesbian review i think they also have a new release page so yeah there are advertising costs because we're running a business. All businesses are driven by advertising, <laughs> which is why I don't fuck up with your newsletter. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn? I have one left. How many do you have left?
0: Um, like one or two. So, yeah, I think we're doing well.
1: So, my next big cost is not, does not involve money. Uh, my next big cost is the number this career does to my body and my mental health. <laughs> I'll start with the physical aspect, which I kind of covered with setting up an office. Um, it, it doesn't number on your body. I get a lot of headaches from having to stare at the screen all day long. And, um, I have tremendous pain in my shoulders all the time. But the biggest cost for me is my mental health. Um, as I was mentioning in the, uh, intro of this, I just am waiting word about the Lizzie novel. I'm about to publish, um. I get very nervous. I don't think I'm alone in this. I get very nervous every time I'm publishing a new book. Um, it's a vulnerable place to be in. It's stressful. It's emotional. These are the times where a review or a comment, like where I'm already really in a vulnerable place. These are the ones where the ones that hit the hardest. I try not to let it happen because there are people out there who do have a mission to be jerks online, and so I try to let things go. But it, I'm human, so. When I'm feeling extra vulnerable, like, these comments, they hit me harder. So, like, this is when I try to stay off social media because I know I'm super vulnerable right now. Stuff like that. But um, it's one of those things. And there's also, I write lesbian fiction, and there are people in the world like uh, One Star Charles. Is that his name? One Star Charles?
0: hmm
1: Like, who want to, it's their mission in life to just be fucking douche canoes. It does a lot to your mental health. So, to me, that's a big cost.
0: Mm, look at you going deep i just went with money but you went deeper tb that's why you're here also to bring up the uh phrase douche canoe which is a very very uh american phrase but one i always like so thanks
1: yes i actually crammed it into the am well i didn't cram it in but i used it in the uh am show because the first time i heard it was on an airplane and so I had Dakota say it when she's on an airplane because I just thought it was hilarious. Because, you know, that like when you land in the plane and then there's those people who spring up out of their chairs instantly, they like to be the first ones off the plane, even though like there's a system, it would be more orderly if we all waited our turn and did it right. And she was like, fucking douche canoes. And I was like, I like her. Yeah. I'm going to steal this phrase. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Good, good final point from you there. Um, it does do a number on your mental health, but, um, it, yes, it's, it's something you have to try and work with, dance with.
1: Learn when you are the most vulnerable and avoid social media at that time. Yes. That is what's
0: helped me a lot. Yes. Good tip. Final one for me, uh, is, um, I guess recently, um, I did have somebody helping me with my social media. So that was a cost. Um, don't have that anymore. I guess, you know, I kind of have costs that I'm willing to write off to see, if things will work so that cost is now being taken up by my co workspace so i'm willing to pay as 150 pound a month i'm willing to pay that and then see if it worth is it worth it so but again it's just another one isn't it the final one i had well i have two more i'll just go over them quickly the final one is audio book narration um i pay for that up front and so that can be up to two grand a project which is a sizable chunk of money and bookseller fees this is a big one that people forget People always think it's free to do business with Amazon and Kobo and Draft2Digital and all these people, but actually, it's not. Amazon take thirty percent of everything you earn, so this is a huge hidden cost. So you don't have to pay anything up front, but you pay them when you sell. So don't forget that. Don't think that you know they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They're not. But all business takes um, money to do. So. Uh, it takes either money or time and usually both so uh, that's just another hidden cost that people don't really think about but it's but it's there
1: it is there and also amazon um, they hold on to your money for
0: 60 days which kind of sucks yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yes if you if you get people to buy direct from you then you get the money right away which is always a bit nicer but anyway amazon generally they're a good thing because you know without them we wouldn't have a career so i'm not going to knock them too much so I think the takeaway here is that you know it, it costs money to do self-publishing, right? But every business costs money. Uh, all these tools and services mean that you're paying for them. Uh, you, you'll be paying a few thousand pound, dollars, whatever your currency is, every year. But it does mean that you can reach readers and sell your books and create relationships, and this is invaluable. So this money that you're spending is an investment in your business. Don't overspend. But also don't skimp, as we were saying with the mailing list. You can't run a professional business without a lot of these services. So be prepared to spend a little bit of money. Um, And if you can't afford it, maybe you need to pause your business until you can. Because all these things are pretty essential.
1: Yes. Yes. It costs money to make money, Yes. unfortunately, because it's just the way the world works. Because like you said, Amazon just doesn't want to publish books out of the goodness of their heart. They're trying to make money as well.
0: Yes, they are. All right, we hope you found this um, interesting and educational and um, and layered, thanks to TB. Um, let us know what you think. Are there any public hidden costs that we missed out, physical or emotional? Let us know via the website lesbianswhowright.com, email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com, you can Facebook us, you can Twitter us at Les Who Write, and you can Instagram me. And join us next time uh, when we will be Talking about our Lesbic comfort reads. Dun, dun, dun. So joining... Is it
1: one that inv- involves a lot of husbands?
0: <laughs> it might do. <laughs> yeah. I, gotta love it. I love a husband in a lesbian romance. All right. Until then, uh, take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians You Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee and sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbiansyouwrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.